The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I didn't know about this until uh, I read a story this week about it that there's wild pigs in Canada and that their numbers are rising rapidly. The University of Saskatchewan says wild pigs are now the country's most prolific invasive mammal and they're causing some really big problems. University of Saskatchewan researcher Ruth Asham joins this afternoon. Hi, Ruth. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell us about um, these wild pigs. Where did the wild pigs come from? So they originally came from Europe. So they're native to Eurasia. And Canada imported them um, for breeding stocks in the late 1980s and early 1990s as a means to diversify our livestock production. But what happened was that um, a lot of escapes occurred as well as intentional releases from these farms, which led to the animals being introduced out onto the landscape um, because their native range is um, essentially Eurasia, so um, parts of Russia and Mm -hmm. northern areas of Europe. um, They were able to survive no problem. So now we have these um, wild pigs on the landscape. How big is the population, do you estimate, in Alberta? So this study only looked at distribution. We weren't able to look at populations, but Alberta has um, in the kind of the central area of the province, a little more north, um, where you start to get into the Aspen parkland and boreal transition zone, we're starting to see um, a widespread distribution in in that area for sure. So it's, it's the problem in Alberta. It's not as widespread as the other provinces, but um, it's it's definitely a problem. Where's where where uh, where is it the biggest problem right now, Ruth? In Saskatchewan. In Saskatchewan. So we're yeah we're seeing just uh, basically the southern half of the province is um, is wild pig occupied basically. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so Saskatchewan has by far the the biggest distribution, but we are seeing them from BC to Quebec that they are established and reproducing. So what's the difference between a wild pig and a boar? Um, so a wild pig, we, we generalize them. Um, these Eurasian wild boar escaped from farms, but we know okay. that dom- um, sorry hybridization has occurred with domestic pigs. Okay. So we just generalize them now because there's a lot of different genetics out on the landscape. Okay. So it's just a, a wild pig, yeah. Can you, can you eat them? Oh, yeah, you can. Um, I mean, once the older the older ones are, the meat doesn't uh, taste too great, but when, when they're young, it's 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 good meat, yeah. Okay, so um, the some of the damage that they're causing. Tell tell us about that. What's the the ecological damage that they're they're doing right now? So they do a lot of damage with their rooting behavior, which is a behavior for feeding, and they'll root up vegetation and soil. So it's like a rototiller went through an area, but this can cause a large disturbance and can lead for invasive and disturbance plant species to now colonize an area. And that can alter the vegetation community, which can alter habitat and resources for our native wildlife. They also Mm. predate our native wildlife, um, as well as uh, water quality is a big concern. So they do a lot of damage to our riparian areas, which causes sedimentation and erosion. And then um, they also perform a wallowing behavior which allows them to thermoregulate themselves but that means they're in the water um, urinating and defecating in it adding to the nutrient load but they also um, if there is disease present water is a really good route of indirect disease transmission so that's a concern as well so uh, you know, part of me would say to that and again I'm, I'm not a researcher I talk on the radio uh, that's that's my job so but aren't there lots of animals that go in the water and that would uh, that would urinate and defecate in in the water what's the concern about the wild pigs doing it 
Um, so just increasing that nutrient load in okay. general, but then um, the diseases that they are able to carry and transmit are um, they have a number of different diseases that they're able to to carry and transmit. So there's just that potential that we could introduce new diseases to our wildlife population that potentially weren't there. Ruth Asham joining me this afternoon. She is a PhD candidate and leader of the research into this wild pig uh, situation kind of uh, across the prairie. She's out of the University of Saskatchewan. How big do these pigs get, Ruth? So a female will be anywhere from 150 to Oy. 200 pounds, and then we'll see large males around 300 pounds. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. And then so they all have, you know, the the tusks that we think of when we think of wild pig or boars. Um, so uh, an average that we've seen is about seven centimeters long in these animals. So um, long, sharp tusks as well. Yeah, so they could be dangerous as well. Yeah, definitely. We I say that they're really only dangerous when they are threatened. Um, obviously, when their piglets are threatened or I've heard of hunters having issues with them. Um, but again, what, uh, if they are threatened, I would consider them a, a dangerous animal. So um, I, I've read that they're fairly nocturnal. Do they do most of their, their business at nighttime? Yes. Yeah, they are nocturnal. Um, but I mean, they're around... The, whenever they feel like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you should see my text line and the number of people saying that they've they've seen them and have seen them for uh, for quite some time. Now, um, can they be hunted? Are they being hunted, Ruth? Yes. So you, it's, it's legal to hunt them, but we say hunting actually makes the population control a lot harder and can even make it, it worse. Um, because what happens is that they are so smart um, that if you hunted them and they survive, now you've educated them, they will move to a new area, change activity patterns, and become much more elusive and wary of humans. So in the states where they have really aggressive wild pig management at the government level, um, they actually have made sport hunting of wild pigs illegal because that just compounds the problem and makes it worse. So yes, it's legal to hunt them, but as a means of population control and management, it's not really a, a solution. So um, in, in some of these papers, you, you have said that uh, aggressive management policies need to be implemented. If hunting isn't um, one of those policies, what does aggressive management look like to you? Yeah, so it would be uh, along the lines of um, bombing sport hunting um, and then getting multiple techniques going at once is what seems to really work. So in the United States, they do a lot of... Um, corral trapping, so they'll beat pigs into a trap okay. and then be able to trap them um, and then eradicate them as well as aerial hunting and a lot of hunting as well. So it needs to be at um, a government level and we usually Hey, Ruth, just a, Ruth yep. just a second. You're, you're, I'm having troubles hearing you right now. Oh, yeah, there you are. There you are. That's You're back. Oh. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, can, can we can we just kind of, I'm going to ask a couple of those questions over again, if you don't mind, because I know um, yep. my text line. So wanting to know about um, uh, why they're so hard to eradicate and the hunting thing. Can you go over that again, please? Oh, yeah, because they are so intelligent. Um, so they once you if you shoot at them and you don't kill them um, they become educated so they will move to new areas they'll change activity patterns and they'll become even more or they'll become exclusively nocturnal and they'll become much more wary and and um, elusive um, in terms of 
human human presence. So it actually just compounds the problem. Mm. Okay, so when it comes to management then of it, you've, you've said that aggressive management policies need to be implemented. If hunting isn't that type of management policy, what should we be looking at? So we really need a national framework. Um, and, and that just allows for collaboration across provinces. Right now, it's individual provinces can control the problem the way they want. Um, but again, it's costly. So we're not seeing that aggressive management coming from individual governments. So I think we need a, a national uh, strategy and framework that allocates a lot of resources towards management, but also towards research. Um, and then when we do want to kind of try to control the populations, um, uh, it's been found that using multiple techniques at once is the best way to do it because then these animals can't get educated as easily and as quickly. Um, so things like trapping as well as um, aerial hunting and, and night hunting as well by, um, you know, government officials or whoever is um, employed to do that. But um, that's kind of what's been working in the United States. You had mentioned corralling, corralling them. What does that, uh, how would that work? So corral trapping is, um, and there's really great technology out there. It's amazing what they've kind of done. Um, You bait pigs into like a a large corral trap, essentially, bait them in there. Um, And then there's trail cams on there so you can watch what's happening and you can actually close the gate with your your cell phone. Mm. So once you know that whole sounder, the whole herd of pigs is in the in the trap, you can now close the gate and then go in there and uh, euthanize them. So Ruth, they're not uh, solitary animals, or they're they're kind of pack animals. Absolutely. So we call it a sounder, as that's a group of wild pigs, and that'll be one or more females with their litters. Um, and females can they can have multiple litters per year, so they'll keep those litters with them, so it can <laughs> get quite large. Males um, will be more solitary, and they'll just kind of go from from female group to female group, um, trying to breed with the females because, again, they are able to um, breed and reproduce all year round. Yeah, so it's it's called a sounder. Yeah, uh, a sounder, like S O U N D E R. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so learn. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm, le- I'm learning new things. There's another one for me today. <laughs> and it's not a Saskatchewan term. <laughs> so, so Ruth, and um, as, as you mentioned, that they can breed um, all year round, and um, the the female pigs, I guess the sows, right? Sows, a sow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, um, they they go into sexual maturity very early too, don't they? It's like at four or five months, isn't it? Yeah, four wow. or five. Um, we say average like six months, but yeah still very early and then an average Eurasian wild boar has a um, litter size of about five six piglets Jeepers. but now because we've had this um, hybridization with domestic pigs who we know have been bred to have larger litter sizes now we're starting to see that so in Saskatchewan we've seen some litter sizes of 12 to Ooh. even 14 piglets wow. so it's yeah it's becoming quite a an issue all right. So, what what do you do next with all of this? I mean, you've been studying. You, you've 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 tracked it. You 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 have this. You know that aggressive management policies need to be put in place. So, what do you do with it? Where, where do you get this message to? Well, it's been really helpful because of you know you guys um, helping put the message out. Because I think that's been a little bit of a problem in terms of just even getting management going. Is I mean, they are elusive and nocturnal. People really don't know them that they're there. And know that that uh, we have this huge population. So I think getting this message out as, as best as possible with, with this information can only help to inform the public and inform management and 
and hopefully we'll just you know keep making steps forward and and, and finding uh, new ways to help inform and prioritize management. So Ruth, I know you're not a fan of hunting because of what you said that they're so smart and they'll they'll just move. But I'm just is there any regulations on hunting um, um, these pigs? No. Well, I shouldn't speak totally for Alberta, okay. but as far as I know, for Saskatchewan and most other provinces, no, there's um, no bag limit. You don't need a license. All you need is your hunting license and firearm license. Um, and then there are no other restrictions other than, um, you know, you can't hunt at night or anything illegal. But yeah, yeah. you can, uh, and it's not wasted meat as far as I'm concerned either if you just hunt them and you can even leave them on the landscape um, as opposed to other wildlife and hmm. species. Interesting. Yeah. Anything else that you want um, my listeners to know on, on this front? Uh, I think if um, you do come across wild pigs, if um, you know, you can always contact us at the University of Saskatchewan or contact your local COs. Again, just letting people know that they're out there and, and being able to kind of get an idea of the populations and the distribution and what's occurring rather than... Um, you know, then looking blindly yeah. for them. <laughs> well, thank you. You know what, Ruth? Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for uh, waving the flag on this one. Really appreciate your time. Well, thanks so much for having me. Have a great long weekend. You too. Bye-bye. That is Ruth Asham out of the University of Saskatchewan talking about wild pigs. Actually, if you Google, if you want to find out more about that, uh, there was a couple of news stories that, was, that were uh, done just recently uh, about this. Now, I have... Uh, never seen, and I know a number of you are texting in saying that, yeah, you have seen the wild pigs or the wild boars, um, you know, in your in your travels, in your lifetime. I can tell you that I was in Wales once. I was visiting family in England, and we were in some forest, and they showed us where the 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 uh, the uh, the boars had been um, brooding everything up and that was really interesting and the only other time was I was down in New Orleans and we were out in the swamp we went on a swamp tour and we were a bunch of dumbasses because we went to the swamp on January 2nd there's nothing going on in a swamp in uh, in uh, in in Louisiana in, in on January 2nd so uh, they had kind of teased us with with the fact that there was a wild boar in the area and that they had seen it the day before. So instead of going out and seeing alligators, um, we saw a turtle and a raccoon. And just remember, I'm from Northern Ontario, so I can see turtles and raccoons. Like, we're throwing marshmallows to raccoons. I'm like, you, you're joking me, right? Um, I can see a raccoon on my brother's back deck uh, this summer if I go there. But yeah, there was supposed to be a wild boar. We never saw it, but again, we saw its tracks. Um, interesting. I, boar meat? Mmm, that's some good meat. That's some good eating right there. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.